Amen. We've been talking about dominion living. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, the fact that we've been made uh, for dominion. God created us. He made us to have dominion. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 8, that uh, we've been made for dominion. And, and you really can't talk about uh, dominion without, uh, you know, without also talking about uh, our words, talking about uh, our voice, talking about the things we say and how dominion is in our words, it's in our voice, uh, that God put that dominion in us and we express it. One of the primary ways we express that is through the words of our mouth. Praise God. And so we need to talk about that a little bit this morning. We, we've alluded to it, but uh, we need to focus in a little bit more on it today here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10 uh, says that there may be some, it may be so, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. There are many voices and they all have significance. Uh, you know, there's a, a significance to the different voices that are uh, in, in the spirit realm. Uh, and, you know, that you've got God's voice. You've got the voice of, you've got the voice of really uh, even demonic voices. They're significant because of how they can impact our lives if we allow them to. Uh, and then, there, then, of course, there's our voice, your voice, our voice, uh, because of the position God's placed us in in the earth, uh, it has significance for our lives. It carries a great deal of weight <laughs> because there's dominion in your voice. Because there's dominion in your voice. Your words are relevant. What comes out of your mouth makes a difference. It's significant because the spirit realm responds to your voice and mine. The spirit realm reacts to your voice and mine. God put authority in your life and therefore he put authority in your voice uh, and, and what you say. And so it's significant, it carries weight, it carries power. There are consequences to the words of our mouth, consequences for our lives that are invested in the words of our mouth. God's word is very clear about that. Amen. And, uh, and so this is the primary way we walk in dominion in this life. Praise the Lord. It's through the words of our mouth, through the things that we say, what we believe in our hearts, say with our mouth. So our voice is significant in walking in dominion, in dominion and walking in authority. See, wrong words hinder your dominion. Or you could even say no words hinder your dominion. Uh, but so, so it matters the words that come out of our mouth. They're, they're all the, we ought, they, our words ought to carry some weight with us. They ought to carry some value, some importance, great importance, in fact, with us because right words make a difference in our life. It's the word, words that are rooted in God's word, the Bible says in, in Jeremiah 1.12, uh, in the Amplified Version, he says, the Lord said to me, you've seen well, for I am alert. This is God talking. I'm alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. See, God watches over his word to perform it in our lives. Amen. Well, how does he watch over his words? That means he just watches over the Bible? No, he watches over the words that come out of our mouth that are in line with his words. When we speak his words, God says, I'm there. I'll hasten to perform it. One translation says he's quick, he, he's ready, he's willing, and he, and he will watch over his word. He'll make sure his word comes to pass in our lives. 
when we're standing on the word of God in faith, and when we're speaking his word, God has obligated himself to back those words up <laughs> and perform those words in our lives. Glory to God. That's why we need to exercise faith in the word of God, but also faith in the words uh, that we speak when they're in line with God's word. We need to trust that those words, that's why we have to weigh our words. We have to value these words and recognize our words are impacting things. Our words are causing things to move and operate in the realm of the spirit, which will manifest in the natural realm. So, so we need to value and esteem the words, guard our words tightly, guard, guard the words that come out of your mouth. Don't just be flippant and say a bunch of stupid words about yourself. And about your circumstances, especially if they don't line up with God's word. Value your words enough that you will, you will put a guard on your mouth when you're about to say something real stupid about yourself. Now, we've all said stupid things about ourselves that are not in line with God's word. Oh, well, thank God we can repent and we can start putting the word of God back in our mouth. And we, we can get that word in our heart, start speaking God's word out of our mouth and begin to exercise dominion through the words of our mouth, which again is, is the primary way that we as believers do exercise dominion. See, God can't watch over nothing and perform it. He watches over his word and performs it. Amen. And that's the reason your voice is so significant because you are created in God's image to where you can speak words that will cause circumstances to change in your life where you can exercise dominion in your life. Glory be to God. God's, God's word in our mouth, in our heart, as we speak those words out, put spiritual forces into action. Spiritual forces into motion. See, we're creating God's image. We can act like him. You know, it's interesting, Isaiah 45 uh, verse, verses 11 and 12 says, thus saith the Lord, the Holy one of Israel and his maker ask of me things to come concerning my hand, my sons and concerning the work of my hands command ye me notice God's saying concerning what I have made available. Notice you could say it this way concerning the inheritance I've given you and the authority I've given you, you start commanding things. You command things. And then he tells us in the next verse, he uses the same word in regard to what he does. So I made the earth, created man. I, even my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts have I commanded. God commands, well, we're creating his image and likeness. He tells us in the previous verse, we're to command. We're to be opening our mouths and commanding. That's exercising dominion and authority that God has invested in us to command things. Glory to God. To use the dominion that's in our voice to see circumstances line up with God's word in our life as we speak the word of God in faith. Praise God forevermore. Now we all get things, you know, we all get thoughts come to our mind that come from different sources. You know, there are various sources in the spirit realm. Uh, you know, we get thoughts that come. The enemy has the ability to, to inject thoughts into our mind. So we get thoughts that come from the, from the devil that are contrary to God's word. We all do. That's part of the Christian life. You're going to have to face dealing with thoughts that are contrary to God's word in your life. 
We get thoughts from our own mind, from, from our fleshly impulses that bring thoughts to our mind. We get thoughts from different sources. Of course, also thank God uh, for his thoughts. But the key is, you see, those thoughts, they contain life and they contain death. There's life and death in thoughts. And if you yield to a certain thought to the degree that it starts coming out of your mouth, the Bible says there's death and life in the power of your tongue. That's when it will cause things to go into motion. So you can shut some things down in your thought life. But once you start talking them out, you're setting some things in motion. You can set some life in motion. According to Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, according to Proverbs 18, 21, you can set life into motion. You can set death into motion with the power of your tongue. See, there's death thoughts that come to you. There's, in other words, thoughts that are contrary to what God's word says. There are thoughts that tell you you're not going to get your healing. You're not going to get your victory. But the, but the word of God has different thoughts. The devil's thoughts are produce death. God's thoughts produce life. But what are you giving voice to? That's where we exercise our dominion. That's where our dominion is realized. What are we giving voice to? What are we letting come out of our mouth? Because what you decree out of your mouth is what's established. If you, if you talk it enough. You know, the, you know again, you're, you're created for dominion. The Bible says, you know, talks about kings. Uh, that uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4, talks about where the word of a king is, there's power. Well, you know, the Bible tells us in Romans 5, 17, we're to reign in life as kings. The Amplified Version. We're to reign as kings in this life. That's a, that's a place of dominion. It's a place of authority. It's a place of ruling and reigning. And, and that's who we are in Christ. We've been made to be kings. To have dominion in our realm of life. Well, the word of a king, there's, there, it carries some power in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And Proverbs, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Job chapter 22, verse 28 Talks about, you know, because you, what do kings do? They make decrees. <laughs> so you also shall decree a thing. That's what a king does. He makes decrees. The king doesn't go out and fight the battle, but he decrees we're going to fight one. And soldiers go out and fight it for him, right? But we're, we're the kings. We decree things. And the Bible says it'll be established unto us. It's decrees that are established. It's what comes out of your mouth that gets established. Not just what's in your thought life, but what you give voice to. Because dominion is in your voice. There's dominion in your voice. Again, that's why we need to be valuing what comes out of our mouth. Are our, are our words producing death or are they producing life? Are they producing defeat or are they opening the door to victory? Are they giving the devil access or are they giving God access? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, there are a lot of voices. Like I said, you can, a lot of, you know, different things you can give voice to. But again, remember the spirit realm responds to your words. Even angels, the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 20. That's it. They're in the realm of the spirit, the unseen realm. It says, bless the Lord, you as angels that excel in strength. They do his commands. They do God's commands, hearkening to the voice of his word. Well, who gives voice to the word down here? 
When God gives us his word, then we're the ones that speak it because the Bible says the angels of God are ministering spirits in Hebrews sent to minister for the heirs of salvation. We're the ones that give voice to the word of God so that we put angels to work on our behalf that will accomplish things in line with God's word. When we get stand on Philippians 4.19, it says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The angels of God go, begin to go to work and bring that scripture to pass in our lives. They're, they're some of God's agents to help bring to pass his will and plan for us. Hallelujah. Why? Because your words activate them. Your words can activate angels or your words can cause them to fold their wings and say, I wish that dummy would say something smart. <laughs> angels respond. You know, the angel, remember the angel said, came to Daniel in Daniel 12. He said, I'm come in Daniel 10, 12. He said, I, your words were heard and I've come for your words. See, God had given words to Jeremiah. Those are the words he's talking about. Because Daniel prayed what God told Jeremiah about the, their deliverance from captivity from Babylon. But see, Daniel's the one that gave voice to those words in prayer and in speaking out the word of God. He presented the word to God that Jeremiah said. And, and, and when he spoke those words, the angel responded. The angel didn't respond to what God just told Jeremiah. The angel responded to what, Jer what Daniel, when he took Jeremiah, what God said to Jeremiah and presented it to God. See, the angels respond to what comes out of your mouth from God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, this is in the word of God. Isn't it? The angels respond to the words of men when they have God's word in their mouth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So your voice has significance. Again, it's how we exercise our dominion and our authority in the earth. In fact, your words have more dominion and authority than anybody else's words in your life. You know, I've heard people say things, oh, please don't speak those things. So-and-so speaking things over me. I don't care what anybody speaks over me. <laughs> Doesn't mean a thing what anybody says over me. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Parents need to be speaking right things over their children because you have them, they're under your authority for a while. And those words can influence them and, and hinder or help them. But I, I'm talking about just in life. And so I say, oh, you're going you're gonna to have this or you're going to experience that or this is, this is the way it's going to turn out for you. I don't listen to that. It doesn't matter what they say because my words are what carry the weight for my life. I get what I say, not what they say. In fact, you could even go this far. God's, God's words do not have the same importance when it comes to what you're going to enjoy and experience in life as your words. Your words carry more weight than God's words as far as what you're going to experience in life. Amen. Some of you look at me funny on that one. See, God, listen, God said a lot of things about his will for man, his purpose for man. They're in the word of God, what God wants for, he wants everybody saved. He wants everybody, you know, 
filled with the Spirit. He wants everybody, all these things. But have no men, but men don't always respond to God's word. The ones that get to enjoy the promises of God are the ones that receive the word for themselves, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth. So your words carry more weight than God's words as concerning what result you're going to have in life. You understand that? Yes, God's word is more important than our words as far as overall, you know, in, in life and the plan, as far as the world and the earth and the plan of God. But for your life, <laughs> God can say a lot of things, but if you don't get them in your heart and start saying them, you're not going to get to enjoy the benefit of them. But the good news is we can enjoy the benefit of them. When we'll get our, li- get our lives, get our hearts, get our voices in line with his word. We, we get to receive the benefit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, that's why you hear, you know, I know we often hear people, you know, a lot of Christians say, well, God's, God's sovereign. God's in control. God has all authority over everybody. Well, how, how come he doesn't, uh, you know, if that's true, he's not really doing a great job of it. Because I know a lot of people have gone to hell. And if God was in control, why would he let them go to hell? If God was in control of everything, if he's sovereign in control of everybody and everything, then, uh, you, know, uh, you know, he would make everybody get saved. He, and then he'd make, uh, he'd make everybody get filled with the Spirit. He'd make, he'd make every Christian uh, go to church and tithe. But you know as well as I do. Not every Christian is in church or tithing or living for God. He'd make everybody live right. Not every Christian lives right. Well, praise the Lord. I'll move right along here. Hallelujah. We need to understand, though, the authority, the dominion that's in our voice. See, God wants us saying what he says so that we can enjoy what he wants us to have. But he, we can't enjoy what he wants us to have till we get in line and get in agreement with what he says and then get that word in our heart and get it coming out of our mouth so that it can be established in our lives. Because that's where our dominion is expressed. That's where God's promises are established in our lives. Because when you say something, things start moving. Remember the centurion? We talked about him a little bit. I think it was last time. Uh, in Matthew chapter eight, you know, verse, verse nine, uh, you know, he said, I'm a man under authority. He understood authority. He understood, you know, how, uh, how dominion works. And he said, I have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go. And he goes to another notes. He says, I say, go. And he goes, I say, come. And he comes. See, he said, I say it and things move. I say it. Things go from me. I say it. And some things come to me. Now he was talking about his servants. He was talking about people there, but, but that's, a, that's a principle that things come from us, they, they, they go from us, and they come to us through the power of our words, our voice. Our voice is how we exercise dominion and authority. Jesus, of course, said in the wonderful verse in uh, Mark, chapter, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, great faith verse. He said, I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Saying is what gets things to move. 
Notice he didn't say push it out of the way and get it moving. Not physical moving. Not go get the bulldozer. He said, you say to this mountain, be removed. In other words, you got to move. And cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart. But believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have some mountain removal. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Things will move because of what we say. Not just what we believe, but what we say. Your voice is the primary expression and means of getting things to move away from you and getting things to move to you that you want in your life. Calling those things which be not as though they were, like Abraham and Sarah. They called called, God's promises true in their life. You can call things into your life and you can speak things out of your life. Because your words carry dominion and authority. Hallelujah. You can move, you know, you can move provision away from you with your words. Or you can move it to you. You know, the Proverbs are filled with those. You read the Proverbs in different, numerous chapters and, and just several verses in there. I mean, we're not going to take the time to look at them. One of them in Proverbs 13 too, though, says a man, a man shall eat well. Proverbs 13 too. A man shall eat well just because he works extra hard. Now you need to put that up so people can see I'm, I'm just playing with them there. A man shall eat good. How? By the fruit of his mouth. Now, listen, it's good to be diligent. The Bible talks about being diligent. God blesses what we put our hand to. But, you know, that's not the only way. And, that, and it's, that's not going to be the, how you're going to experience the fullness of the blessing of God on your life. It's not just because of your efforts. It's also going to take some faith. Amen. Faith. Praise God. So a man shall eat good by the fruit of his, what? His mouth, his lips, his words, his voice. Glory to God. So your words impact increase. But your words can also push things away from you. If you're talking about how you never have enough, how you don't know how you're going to make it, how you never get, how how it seems like you just always come up short at the end of every month, and that's all you ever talk, And then you come to the pastor and say, I don't know why it's not working. I can tell you right now, you're telling me why it's not working. Because all you're saying is it's not working. It's just not working. This just isn't working. It's just not working. Well, you're getting exactly what you say. And that's for some people that sounds a little tough. No, we've got to be honest with ourselves. That's why we have to examine our own mouth and, and our voice. What are we saying? What are we giving access to? Are we giving access to the enemy? To bring destruction and defeat? Or are we giving access to God? Our words give God place. Gives him access. Because our words carry dominion. He put it in our mouth. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus himself was our example. Jesus talked to fig trees. He talked to fevers. He talked to demons. Amen. Hallelujah. He talked to the wind. 
He opened his mouth and exercised dominion as our example. <laughs> you know, people wore that. Some people still wear it. I guess that little thing around the you know, WWJD. What would Jesus do? He'd talk to things. You tell somebody that, though, that usually wears that, they go, what are you talking about? That just means be sweet. Well, for one thing, Jesus wasn't always sweet. Now, he was always in love. But sometimes he had to, you, you look at how he talked to some of those Pharisees and Sadducees. And <laughs> called them painted tombstones and wolves and all kinds of stuff. But Jesus, what would Jesus do if he was faced with a, with a, you know, a, a situation where he needed something or, he had, or, or, or the enemy was trying to hinder the plan of God for him or the will of God for him or the provision of God for him? He would talk to things. He spoke out of his mouth and exercised dominion over the devil, over circumstances. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. See, that the unseen realm heard him. Well, the unseen realm hears you. Remember, Jesus said, I could have called 12 legions of angels. He said, I could have called them. He could have opened his mouth and said, angels, come. But Jesus, you know, he fulfilled the plan of God, so he didn't call those angels. But he said, I could have. I could have. Amen. Why? Because angels respond. That spirit realm responds because there's dominion in our voice, just like it was in Jesus' voice because Jesus went to the cross, rose from the dead, said, I've got the keys of hell and death. Then he turned and said, now you take authority. Amen. We're to operate. We're to do the works of Jesus. We're to, we're to be his representatives here in the earth. We're the, 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 the triumphant church now. Glory be to God. So whenever we say things in faith, the spirit realm responds to bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Did you know that the, we said God watches over his word to perform? Did you know the devil also watches over his words? If all we ever talk is defeat, if all we ever talk is sickness, if all we ever talk is lack, if all we ever talk is the problem, you're forfeiting your dominion. You're yielding it to the enemy and you're giving him access and he'll watch over his words and perform them in your life. Hallelujah. Because you're saying it gives him authority. See, it's not just what you believe in your heart that moves things. Is what you get out of your mouth. We need to be believing God's word in our heart. We need to spend the time to build God's word in our heart. That's why we need to come to church. That's why we need to meditate the word. Get the word of God in our heart. So that that's what begins to come out of our mouth. So that dominion will begin to work in our lives as it's supposed to. Listen, what, what we're teaching on this is... It's a difference, and it's been the difference in my life in life and death. And I'm not, I'm, so I'm not, when I say things like that, I'm not, I'm not taking that to a, ooh, an extreme and say, ooh, he's really getting dramatic there. No, 
What we're talking about with your dominion is life and death matters. I mean, that's why, again, these things are so important. That's why I'm like, it, you know, I look out here. I'm, I'm thankful for those that are here, but I'm going to tell you, we ought, there ought to be people knocking each other down to get into a church like ours. I'm not saying that because of me. If they knew the difference, I'm just saying if people knew the difference in, in what the word of God can do in their life, what they hear and what it can do when it's planted in their heart, people would be flocking to it. But see, people are deceived. The devil's a liar. He deceives so many. Hallelujah. Y'all understand what I'm saying there, don't you? These things matter. It matters what we meditate on. It matters what we hear. It matters what we allow, the voices that we allow to get, get us directed towards life or death. And then what we start giving voice to is what we're going to establish in our lives. Doesn't mean everything's going to turn overnight. Doesn't mean everything's just going to come to pass just because you said it five times. These are truths we have to stay with and live by. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, uh, faith is really, faith is a law. The Bible says that in Romans 3.27. It talks about the law of faith. The law of faith. What is the law of faith? Well, it's like in the spirit realm, it's like the law of gravity in the natural realm. You, you throw something up in the natural, it's going to come down to the earth. You throw a ball up, it's going to hit the ground eventually. Well, you, you, you believe in your heart and you speak things out of your mouth, what you believe in your heart, it's going to come to pass for your life. That's the law of faith. That means it works when you work it. <laughs> and that means the devil can't stop it. No human can stop it. If you've got God's promise on it, if you've got God's voice that you're acting upon and you're believing and you're speaking out of your mouth, nobody can stop it. Hallelujah. Thank God the word works. Remember, in fact, the spiritual laws supersede natural laws if you believe the word of God. What did Peter do? He walked on what? It's natural law that you don't walk on water. That's natural. You fall, you sink naturally. But Peter was walking on the word come that Jesus came out of Jesus' mouth. He walked on that word. Therefore, it superseded the law of faith, superseded the laws in the natural. That's how miracles occur. When we believe the word of God above what we can see and what we can feel, above what the natural mind tells us has to happen. Praise God. And we can get so full of the word of God and so we can get so entrenched in what God says, we're not moved by these natural things. You know, we can overcome these things that are obstacles in our life. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Paul, quoting Deuter uh, verse in Deuteronomy, says, out of the mouth... Uh, he says, it's the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. See, God said some things, and the devil said some things concerning your situation. Both of them have said things. We have, to, we have their voices out there. But guess what? Each one of them needs a witness for it to be established. 
And guess who's a determining witness? <laughs> guess who's the deciding witness? Your voice. We got the voice of God. We've got the voice of the enemy. If it's going to be established in your life, the voice of God to be established, you've got to come into agreement with that voice and begin to speak that voice from your heart. Or you can begin to speak the devil's voice and it will be established in your life. Amen. You're the one in dominion, though. You're the one on the earth who has authority. Your voice is the determining voice. God needs your consent. Both God and the devil need a witness. Need your consent, your agreement. And that will determine what comes to pass. God watches over his word to perform it, but he needs a witness who will consent to his word, who will speak his word out in the earth. Glory be to God. Then the devil will be bound and he can't, and his, his purposes can't be fulfilled. But if you keep saying what the devil says, well, you know, I don't I never have enough to pay my bills. I just think this disease is going to end up killing me. If that's what we're saying, if that's if we're again, the enemy needs he needs a witness too, a corroborating witness to establish what he wants to happen in your life. See, we should never give him that witness. I don't care how tempted we are. We should never be talking in line with the devil's voice. I don't care what you're feeling right now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the circumstances are screaming at you. Don't agree with the devil's voice. Don't consent. Don't be the corroborating witness to his voice. No, get your voice going in line with what God says. Because that's what you want established. And you, you, maybe your faith isn't right there at, at the moment in your heart yet. Start saying the word anyway. You can build faith into your heart through speaking the word, hearing the word. Do what it takes to get in faith and get that word coming out of your mouth in power. But no matter what, don't, don't hook your voice up with what the enemy's saying. If you do repent, get right back, get, get your voice back in the right place. In line with what God says. Hallelujah. Listen, we've all done it where we've spoken things out. We just talked the problem for the, but I've had, I've had, I've, had, I've done it myself. I've spoken, uh-oh, this, look at what's happened. And I've had to arrest myself. Yeah, I recognize there's a problem. I recognize there's a negative circumstance. I recognize that there's a situation contrary to God's promises for my life. But then I recognize I've got to get my heart and my mouth aligned with the voice of God and get his will established in my circumstance. And if I don't, I'm going to end up being defeated. So I've been able to change at times. And I've seen the hand of God. I've seen God work in my body, my family, my finances. When I've gotten in line with his word and, get, and let my voice establish, you be the establishing witness to his word. You know, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus in Hebrews 3, 1, he's the high priest, apostle and high priest of our profession. That's the same word as confession. Jesus is the apostle of your confession. Apostle is a sent one. That means he sent, when, when you confess the word of God, he's, he, he's the apostle that goes before the father. 
He sent before the Father with the words of your mouth to represent what you to represent what you say on the earth. You know, we have that scripture in Matthew 18. What things soever you bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven, right? See, the high, the high priest, the apostle goes before us and, and when we speak his word, he represents us before the Father. Hallelujah. So that what we say, God will perform. He said, I perform my word. I, I watch over my word to perform it. And Jesus is there to represent us, to make sure the Father hears, knows what the word is that he's going to perform. Praise God. I mean, we see that also in, uh, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew 10, verse, verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Well, he's talking about really confessing him as Savior, but that also applies confessing him as healer, confessing him as protector, confessing him as provider. He said, I'll take that before the Father. You confess the word of God down here. Jesus said, I'll take it to the Father for you. Because he's the apostle of our confession. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, that lines up with the Old Testament. God said, I, I'll perform. I watch over my word to perform it. When you bring the word back to me, I'll bring it to pass in your life. When we speak that word out of our mouth, we establish it. When we decree it, it gets established because the Father will make sure his word comes to pass. Glory be to God, glory be to God, glory be to God. So right words matter. They give him authority. They give God access, just like wrong words give the enemy access. You know, Malachi chapter 3, uh, you, know, we talk, you know, we talk about the tithe, and God said, bring the tithe to the storehouse, and I'll pour out you know, blessings in your life. But notice one reason why the, the, this, the, the tithe wasn't working for Israel at that time. Verse 13 of Malachi 3 said, your words have been stout against me. Your words have been stout against me. That word stout in the Hebrew, it means to bind, to limit, to restrain. Israel's words restrained the blessing God had for them to, you know, through, the, through their tithing. You know, you can, you can actually tithe, but then talk your way right out of the blessing of the tithe. Because you have such dominion in your voice. He said, he goes on to say, uh, you have said, he said, it's vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we've kept this ordinance of the tithe? They're saying there's no profit in this. Their words were working against them and they were hindering, restraining God's power to bless them. Mm. See, I know people say, well, you know, God's sovereign. He's in control. He can do anything he wants to do. Not if you're talking against him, you're limiting him. You can limit God with your words. What he really wants to do in your life. What he's made available for your life. You can shut it down with your voice. Psalm 78, 41. My man's already ahead of me back there. 
Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited, 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 limited the Holy One of Israel. You mean you can limit God? Absolutely. (laughs) But God's sovereign, brother. He can do anything he wants to. No, he can't. He won't override your will. If he could, he'd make everybody get saved, make everybody get filled with the Spirit, make every Christian tithe, make, (laughs) you know, make everybody live right and get everybody into heaven. It's his will. Wonderful things are his will. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to enjoy them. And notice, he go, let's go back to verses 18 and 19 of this chapter. He tells us how they, again, how they limited him. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. But notice this next verse, verse 19. Yea, they spoke against God. This is how they limited him. And they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God provide for us out here in the wilderness? You know, you... you you can speak against God and it not be in a cuss word using his name in vain or something. That's what some people think. Well, who he spoke against God. He used God's name in a cuss word or something. That's not what he's talking about here. I mean, that does, that is wrong, but he's talking, you can limit God by saying, God, I don't think God can provide for us in this situation. I don't think God is able to work this out for me. I don't think God's able to, I don't, I don't believe God's able to heal my body. I don't believe, when you start saying God can't do what he's already said in his word, he will do. You're speaking against him. Bible calls that an evil report also in Numbers, where they spoke against God, said, we can't go up and we can't take the land. We can't possess the land. God said, that's an evil report. So, We can limit God with the words of our mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those angels are standing by with their wings folded up saying, I wish that dummy would learn how to talk right. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. See, we need to be talking our redemption. Speaking of the reality that we're redeemed what that redemption is. We're redeemed. And we talked about this, spent the whole summer. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. So that's what ought to be coming out of our mouth. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed from poverty and life. Whenever the enemy tries to bring things into our life to steal, kill, and destroy, we need to speak in line with what God says is true about us. Be the establishing witness. Get our voice because our voice has dominion and get it lined up in agreement with God. And stop talking the problem. Stop talking the curse. And keep saying what God says is true. Because redemption works through words. It just does. That's why the redeemed need to be saying so. It works through words. Why are you saved and the sinner isn't? It's all of it. Salvation is available by grace for everybody. But it works through faith. And faith has to be released. That means you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Romans 10, 9. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, something supernatural happens. Something gets activated in the unseen realm. What? You get born again. You pass from spiritual death to spiritual life. A miracle happens. All because you believed in your heart and spoke it out of your mouth.
your voice activated. See, the blessings and miracles of God are voice activated. <laughs> there are things in your car, in your house that are voice activated. Miracles are voice activated. Salvation is voice activated. Psalm 50, verse 23. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifies me, and to him that orders his conversation right. You can say the one who gets his voice in line with God's word. I will show the salvation or the deliverance of God. Deliverance, salvation is vitally connected to your, how you order your words. The ordering of your conversation and your voice. Hallelujah. See, words spoken in harmony with God's word work wonders for your life. Work miracles for your life. Amen. We can order our words in line with God's word. We can agree with him by speaking the word in the face of contrary circumstances. But also on the flip side, wrong words... Wrong words can work blunders in your life, <laughs> work defeat in your life, open the door and give the enemy access into your life. Because the devil, he's waiting to, he's watching over his words to perform them in your life. Job said, the thing I feared has come upon me because he kept giving voice to it. Hallelujah. Everybody awake this morning? You better be. I'm not through yet. Praise the Lord. <laughs> or wake up so you can get something before you leave here. Glory to God. <laughs> See, your inheritance is not just going to happen in your life just because God made it available for you. These things work through our words from a heart of faith. Because you have dominion. God invested dominion into your Voice, which represents what's in your heart. So that, but see, it takes a voice to release what's in your heart. Salvation didn't occur in Romans 10 just, by, just because you believed it in your heart. You had to confess it with your mouth for salvation to occur. Jesus said, What things, so when you say things, when you speak to the mountain, yeah, you believe in your heart, but the mountain didn't move till it came out of your mouth in Mark 11 23. The mountain didn't move till it cut, till what you say, till you exercise dominion through your voice. Glory to God. So every area of, of redemption in your inheritance works through words. Remember the psalmist said in Psalm 91, I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge, my strength. And, and, and with long life, he'll satisfy me. So you need to be talking long life. Instead of listening to the voice of the enemy saying, you know, I'll probably die before I'm 50 or 60 or 70, whatever. No, you need to get your voice in line with God's word, with long life. That's what the psalmist did with long life. He'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Amen. Why? Because our words matter. Our words make a difference in what we're going to experience and enjoy from our inheritance in life. That's so clear in the word of God. But God won't move your mouth for you. <laughs> he gave you that authority. He gave you and I that dominion. 
And we need to be speaking the word whether we feel like it or not. Because speaking the word has nothing to do with your feelings anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, we need, we need to be developing faith in our words. And, what, and, and here, let me say this too, because sometimes, um, you know, the Bible says we need to mix faith with, you know, you know that uh, the, they said the Hebrew children, the, the Israelites did not, uh, they didn't mix faith with what they heard. One thing we've got to do to make sure that our words don't just fall to the ground. Because we've all, listen, we've all probably experienced that where we've spoken, spoken something out quickly. You know, we, I bind that in the name of Jesus, you know. But we didn't take the time to invest the word of God into our hearts. So that when we do say it, we're willing to stick with it. And not be moved by what we see or feel in the next few moments. You see, this is an important area because you can actually hinder yourself. Now, listen, if you mess up, get back up, get back in the faith walk. Because <laughs> we've all missed it in areas, okay, of faith. But I love what uh, the story Brother Hagin shares when he was, see, Brother Hagin was raised up off a deathbed as a teenager. All the doctors, some of the best doctors in the world, he went to hospitals that were world-renowned, told him he couldn't live. Nobody ever lived to age 17 with his condition. So here he is, a teenager on his deathbed, but he believed God's word. He believed Mark eleven twenty three and 24 and put those into practice for his life. So he came, rose up off a deathbed by his own faith, a young man that never heard anybody teach on it. But through the help of the Holy Spirit and just the word of God, he got a hold of God's word and God raised him up. But here he is, years later, he's in the ministry. He has his family. And his daughter, Pat, at that time was like eight years old and she was in the elementary school and, and he was on the road and his wife, they had sent him a letter. They would communicate by letters, you know, very rarely even in a phone call because it was so expensive at that time. And uh, I know some of you young people can't even understand this. But actually, when I was dating my soon-to-be wife, one, one summer, we, we didn't get a chance to, uh, I couldn't afford to pay the long distance fees. And so we, would, we, we wrote letters to each other. I had to live in, uh, I lived in Troy for a summer. She lives in Montgomery and uh, in, in college, during our college years. And, I, and we just wrote, that's how we communicated, wrote letters to each other. Couldn't text. That was our form of texting, you know. It just was slower. <laughs> but, uh, but Brother Hagen would get letter. He got a letter from Miss Aretha. And, uh, and, told, and Miss Aretha, his wife, told, her, told him that uh, their daughter had gone to see, had the, the, the school nurse had been coming around to the different classes and, and, and saw that uh, a growth had developed right by Pat's eye. And, uh, and the, so they were a little bit concerned about it. And, and she wanted them to get checked on. And she was going to check it again, the, you know, like in the next couple of weeks and check up on that. And uh, so... Miss Aretha, you know, she wanted to mention it to Brother Hagin. She was a little concerned and everything, just wanting to know what, what should he take her to the doctor. And, and, and of course, they're, listen, they're far doctors. We're far doctors. Doctors are good. But he said, before we do that, he said, I wanted to, uh, before the, he said, if, if the nurse comes around again, she still has that, they were going to let her go to the doctor. You know, they were going to take her to the doctor. But uh, 
but it wasn't something they were all just concerned immediately about. But what he did, here's Brother Hagin, a man of faith. He didn't just, he's a man that came off a deathbed by faith. He didn't just say in the name of Jesus, she's all right immediately, you know, at the time. He tells us a story. He tells a story in his book on God's medicine, how he, he spent the next few days because he was preaching on the road, but he would come home like in, he would preach in the morning, come back in the afternoon and then he'd preach at night and then he would, you know, at night. But when he had his time away from his preaching, he would, he would lay back on the bed and take scriptures that he already could he already knew them by, he could, they were memorized healing scriptures throughout the Bible. He knew them by heart, but he said he would take each one of those and spend time meditating on each one. Meditating on those words. He would build that, even, even though he knew them in his head, he said, I needed to get that down into my heart again. So this is what I'm saying here. We don't need to always just throw something out there with our words. If we're going to mix faith with, with what we hear, there are sometimes we need to get the, get the mixer going in our spirit with meditation and mix the word into our heart real good. And so what he did, he did that for, for like four days. Four days, he would just meditate the word. Then he sent a letter back. It said, said, that, said, Pat's okay. She's fine. That, 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 growth, that growth gone. That growth is, you know, basically cursed that growth. And he said, I've cursed that growth. It's, it's, it's okay in Jesus' name. So he spoke it, but he didn't speak it immediately. And of course, he got a letter back saying, before the nurse came around again, that growth was gone. You know, like the next day, the day after she got the letter. But what am, I, what am I saying? There are time, and I've had to learn this myself. Don't just jump out there with, in Jesus' name. I, I curse that or, or this or that. Know where you are in your spirit to the point. And if, you, if you've been building that word in you and you're, and you're in a strong place right now in your heart. And, and, and again, and you, know, you may speak that out. But, and it's always good to just speak the word to yourself. But what am I saying? Prepare your heart so that when you speak it, you'll be able to stand with it. Whether it's in prayer or whether it's just speaking the word, get your heart in the place. Mix that faith into your spirit with meditation. Muttering the word, pondering the word, build that word into your heart so that when it comes out of your mouth, it's going to move some things. See, Jesus himself said, I only, I only say what I hear the Father say. That's why Jesus was in a place to speak to the fig tree. When he saw it was not producing, he said he cursed it, didn't he? Now, he didn't have to take four days to meditate at that moment. At that moment. That's why, because he'd been meditating on the Father's word all the time. He'd already said, I only speak what the Father says anyway. So he knew the voice. He had that voice in him, working in him. His faith was there. But sometimes we're, we're not there yet. I, that's what I, I just want to emphasize that for a moment. Took a little side journey there. Is that all right? 
Because I don't want you to be discouraged when you speak something and then it, you don't see things happen in the next, you know, by dark. <laughs> then you go, oh, I guess it didn't work for me. No, you need to be able to rejoice and praise God knowing that what you said is coming to pass. But see, if you got it established in your heart strong, you'll be in that place where you're not deterred by what you see and what you feel. Hallelujah. Because you can know for a fact God will always perform his word when we give voice to his word in faith. God will back it up because you are the one, you are the one, and I, I'm the one that has the authority down here to speak it, and we've got to do our part. God will always do his part. Hallelujah. God will back it, just like, you know, just like a governor. You know, you, you, know, you got policemen on the street. Uh, you, whenever, whenever a crime, they see a crime committed, uh, you know, we got, you know, brother James, we've got some others in our church that are, you know, work, uh, in, uh, in the police, you know, as policemen and, uh, and they, when they speak thing, you know, they, when they see a crime, they don't, they don't say, I need to call the governor to see what he wants to do. No, the governor's already authorized them to be the arresting party, to put the cuffs on them to take dominion in that situation. He's already backed them, already given them all the reinforcement. In fact, if they need more reinforcement, they, they, they can call, you know, state government. What, you know, they can go on down the line, up to the national, national government level to, if, if, it's, if that's what it takes to, find, to get that prisoner, to get the, the criminal. Hallelujah. Why? Because we're the ones, we're the ones on the beat. Jesus is at the Father's right hand. We're the ones that have been authorized. We have the badge. We're the ones that, are, that, that say this is how it's going to be. And we're the ones that put the cuffs on. We're authorized to do that. We don't have to say, God, would you do this? You say, no, I'm the one. I've authorized you. You're the one with the badge. So you need to do it. Take your place. Glory be to God. How do we do that? With our words. With our words. But listen, if things go unspoken, they go unfulfilled. If you don't rise up and use your words in faith, things will be unfulfilled. You and I need to be speaking up. Hallelujah. See, some people say, well, why won't God take care of me? Well, his care was in giving you dominion and authority so that you could open your mouth and put cuffs on the devil. Exercise dominion. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. A couple more things here. James chapter three. James chapter three. See, when you give your voice to something, it begins to go in that direction. When you get your voice lined up with what God says, your life will begin to go in that direction. When you get your voice in line with what the enemy's saying, your life will start going that direction. James says, in many things we offend. If, and we, listen, he's, he's talking about with your words. We've all been stupid with our words, right? He said, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. 
said, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven the fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder. That's just a rudder. Wherever the captain turns it. Amen. He's talking about your tongue and guiding your life. Your tongue is, <laughs> you could say it's the rudder, but you could say in modern terms, it's the steering wheel. Your life will go the direction of the steering wheel. Now, you don't just jump in a car, turn it on, and then just put your foot on the accelerator and say, Woo, we're going to get there. We're heading to the house. Vroom, vroom. No, we may be attending your funeral. If you do that, or the hospital. <laughs> no, we see, see that's, we, we see that as something silly or foolish. Why would you? You don't just... You don't just get somewhere putting your gas foot on the gas pedal and accelerating. No, you have to get to your destination where you want to go takes use of a steering wheel. For you to get where you need to go in your life, in your tomorrows, concerning your inheritance in Christ, concerning the promises of God for you, it's going to take the proper use of a steering wheel. That means your mouth, your voice, your tongue is going to have to be directed the right way for your ship <laughs> to get to port. The right port. <laughs> Not the devil's port, but the port of your inheritance. Blessing, provision. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, but somebody might say, well, I've spoken the word, you know, and I, I just haven't seen some things. Turn, listen, you take a ship and you start turning the rudder. Does that mean that ship's already turned around? Even with a car, you don't just all of a sudden whip it and it just all of a sudden is a total turnaround. Anything with a rudder, anything with a steering wheel, there's a process involved. The key for you and I in life, if we don't like our, the destination we're heading, we've got to put the pressure on that steering wheel or that rudder and then keep it there. You set it there. That means you keep saying what God's word says. No matter what, no matter whether it looks like you're turning or not, whether it feels like this ship is turning around or not, whether it feels like your car's going the right destination or not, you keep the pressure applied. And this the best example is a big ship. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't just always turn around. You because you've been going a certain way for many years, and all of a sudden you start applying some pressure to that rudder. And if you start getting upset just because you hadn't made a total turnaround yet, then that means you just, you're not willing to persevere a little bit. You've got to be willing to turn that rudder and keep the pressure applied on the rudder. You've got to keep the pressure, pressure applied on your voice, on your tongue, on your mouth, 
on what you're saying, but I don't feel any better. You still need to say by his stripes, I'm healed. But my finances haven't turned around. You still need to say, but my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You keep the pressure applied to the rudder. Keep the steering wheel turned. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the word always works. God will always back up his word. He'll always perform his promises. But we have to do our part. He can't make the rudder turn for us. Hallelujah. And if what you said is wrong, just like, remember, remember Peter said some things wrong about Jesus three times? Then you remember late, later on, Jesus told him, he gave him three, three things to say to reverse it. <laughs> Amen. No, it can turn around. Even if you've been going the wrong direction, don't give up on that rudder of your, of, of the vo of your voice of dominion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the, the, God told the children of Israel in Numbers 14, 28, listen, this works in the positive or the negative. He said, God said, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, that's what I'm going to do to you. Notice that's what you're going to get. You're going to get what you say. Now that worked for them in the negative. But the good news is it can work in the positive. But God put a preeminence here. I want you to see that. I, want, I brought that out. God put a preeminence on what was spoken, not just what was thought. They may have thought some stupid things, but they didn't have to give voice to it. Because you got God, God's witness, his word. You've got the devil's witness, his lies. You're the establishing witness. Out of the mouth of two witnesses shall every word be established. You can side your words in with God. Let me mention one more little example here before we close. You know, uh, I used to do a, I've used this example, and I've, I heard somebody else actually use it, but I actually, this is something I actually thought about uh, at the time, soon after it, because uh, I was, uh, I used to umpire a lot when I was, you know, going to college and even in Bible school, and I, I, you know, I was involved with sports most of my life, so I, uh, uh, I, you know, I, and I got into the, I was an umpire for a lot of girls softball back in the day. And, uh, I thought, well, you know, I, you think when you do that, that, you know, girl softball, it's not going to be that intense. Cause I, you know, I've, I've got my, you know, I got my wife and my kid, young kids at home. I'm kind of like, I've got, I've got school. I got all this. I'm, I don't need something else. It's just going to be intense. My goodness, was I wrong. <laughs> Some of those parents, they will absolutely, I'm surprised somebody didn't try to throw a noose over the backstop and, and, and put, my neck, put, my, put it around my neck. I mean, I had to believe God like I was going into the lion's den. <laughs> Especially if it was a big game, a big, you know, a, a, an important game. And I, ha I got to be the home plate umpire for one of those big games one time. Big crowd, you know, screaming parents on one side, screaming parents on the other, and uh, cheer, mostly cheering for their girls. But then, but if I did something wrong, oh my gosh, they would let me know about it. 
But, uh, but it came down. This is one of those games. It came down. Bottom of the seventh. Bases loaded. Two outs. Yes, the whole, the whole movie scenario. Team at the plate was behind by one run. Bases loaded. Base hit would probably win the game. And a walk would at least tie it and it would continue on. Two outs, three and two. Three balls, two strikes. Fever pitch moment. The intensity, you could cut it with a knife. And I'm thinking, I wish I was home. <laughs> I wish I, or I wish I just empired a little peewee baseball. But I got, I got a few dollars more for doing the girl softball, though. So I took that position. But I'm there. <laughs> home plate umpire. Fast pitch softball. And uh, three, two count. Fevered pitch. Screaming, yelling. Everybody, here, come, here comes the pitch. And, and the, girl, the, the catcher's lined up right on the outside corner. And that pitch, it comes right at that corner. And it is, you know, as it's coming, I'm not sure if it's going to be a ball or a strike yet. And the, the girl didn't swing. She thought it was outside. But when that pitch hit the glove of the girl, you know, uh, the catcher, I realized at that moment, just in a quick millisecond, my call, what I call is going to make a lot of people happy. <laughs> and my call is going to make a lot of people mad, and I better be ready to run <laughs> if need be. And that ball just barely covered a little part of the plate right on the black. So in my conscience, I couldn't, I couldn't give her first base. I had to go strike three. Batter out, game over. Of course, I ran to my car as quick as I could. <laughs> I ran to the side of the winning team too, the fans on that side, to go out the gate. But I realized later, and I thought about this later. I said, you know, that pitch, that three and two pitch that decided the game, that pitch was nothing till I called it something. That pitch was nothing. We could have sat there for moments and I could stay quiet. And it wouldn't have mattered. The girl couldn't go down to first base. The home team that couldn't, couldn't start cheering because it was strike three. Nobody could do nothing until I opened my mouth and called it something. Calling it ball or strike. Calling the batter out or safe. And I thought about that in, con in connection with the power of our words. See, the devil, he'll bring you stuff and throw it to your mind. He'll bring symptoms. He'll bring circumstances and say, he'll say things like, this disease is going to kill you. Or you're not, you're not going to have enough money to get through the month. You're always going to be, he'll bring you all this junk and lies, voices 
He's got a voice, you know. But then I've got God's voice over here that says he supplies all my need. I've got God's voice that says himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. But guess whose voice is a deciding voice? And I can say this, I can say it this way. It ain't nothing till I call it something. It's not going to be sickness or disease or lack or defeat unless I call it that. And it's not going to be healing, victory, provision, overcoming power until I call it that. And that's why your voice has so much dominion in it. God invested it in you so that you can be the umpire who makes a deciding vote to determine Hallelujah. Whether it's out or safe. Hallelujah. Whether it's victory or defeat. Once you make that decision in God, in line with God's voice, then you keep that steering wheel turned, that rudder turned all the way. And don't you back off of it. Don't you back off of it. Don't you back off of it. Why? Because there's dominion in your voice and it will come to pass. God will always perform his word. He watches over his word to perform it. So don't be moved by what's going on in the world. Don't be moved by the darkness and the voices that are contrary to God's word. Don't be moved by the difficulties that arise in life. For the spirit of God has invested in you a, a, a commanding voice, a voice of authority, a voice that rules and reigns in this realm, in this arena that God has, has given to man to operate in and walk in. And that Christ has now made available for the church to rise up and live in the fullness of because of his redemptive work. So rise up in this day and this hour with a requiring voice, with a demanding voice, with a commanding voice and speak what God's word says is true about you. And you will surely see the word of God come to life. You'll see your experiences turn from darkness to light. You'll see the plan of God come into full fruition as you speak my word, says the Lord, and the victory will be wrought and my plans will be fulfilled and the church will rise triumphant and nothing shall stand in your way for victory is yours, says the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody stand up. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Father, we praise you. We thank you this morning. Thank you for your precious holy word. Father, I thank you that there are lives, whether here or online, that people, individuals, precious lives, precious people, whether part of our church family or not, that are facing difficulties and challenges, things that, where it looks almost overwhelming in the natural realm. But Father, we thank you for your word today that gives us hope and courage and faith so that we can rise up and walk in a different realm of where we've been walking, that we can walk in agreement with what you say and align our heart and mouth with what you have said and not have to live under the grip and domain of the enemy's lies and oppression, but we can walk free and walk in victory by a decision to believe and speak your word 
in our circumstance. So Father, we thank you right now for the victory that's being wrought in people's lives as they've made a choice, made the decision to not be moved by their feelings or that voice of the enemy, but to align their heart and their mouths with the voice of the Lord, the good report, the Lord's report, the report of healing, the report of blessing, the report of favor and provision. Father, we align our words with you and we thank you for the victory of this hours in Christ today. In Jesus' name. We'll give him praise and thanks for that this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We thank you. Thank you for your word working in our lives. Thank you that you perform your word that comes out of our mouth. Thank you that our words move things in the unseen realm to cause things to change in this seen realm that we face every day. We thank you for the victory. Thank you that we're triumphant. Thank you that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We love you. Take this word in your life and start turning that steering wheel hard. <laughs> And keep it there. Keep it there. Don't be moved by what it looks like in the next few hours or days. Keep it turned and the word of God will work for you. Amen. Amen.